Good morning, everyone. Sure is good to see everyone this morning. Whether you're with me here in the room or we're together online, I'm just glad we're together. Amen? Together is a great place to be. Before we launch into our sermon, though, this morning in our new series, um, uh, I want to take a minute and tell you about our next series and a gathering that I'm really looking forward to. Starting in March and leading up through Easter, we'll be looking at prayer, uh, and specifically the prayers Jesus prayed. And we'll be getting the chance to put what we're learning into practice. So I'm really looking forward to that whole series, but we're going to begin with a prayer service on Sunday evening, March 5th, so a month from now, first Sunday in March at 6 o'clock upstairs in the student loft. It is good, I think, to carve out some time and space to quiet our minds, to slow our hearts, and draw near to God. So I hope you'll join us for an hour of prayers, both sung and spoken, thought, and sometimes prayers even just felt, right? You ever just feel a prayer? Don't even have the words? There'll probably be some of that too. It's going to be a reflective time of some guided prayers, some silence, Uh, a chance to even sing some prayers or just listen to them being sung, and perhaps even we'll uh, discover some new ways to pray. So I'm really looking forward to it. I hope right now you'll just mark your calendar for that evening, an hour of prayer uh, together. I think it'll be a real blessing. I know it will be for me. So this morning, we're starting a new iteration of our Live Free series, as you heard Zach say just now, In the video, this recurring series explores the intersection between our mental and emotional health and well-being and our spiritual life in discipleship to Jesus. And we're discovering that there's a lot of truth that these have in common. And we're applying those truths to our lives from a biblical, holistic perspective. So in these particular four weeks now, we're going to explore the best practices and approaches for fostering solid, steady mental and emotional health in all of us, in all of us. The truth of the scriptures uncovers ideas and habits that are keeping us unhealthy and shows us patterns and perspectives that have proven to be life-giving. And so that's exactly what we're going to be looking at in these next four weeks. We're going to talk about rest and contentment, boundaries and habits, care of ourselves and others. And today we're going to talk about acceptance. Acceptance. As we've discussed, when it comes to our mental and emotional health, if you go back and think about and even review some of the sermon series, Live Free sermon series we've done so far, we've learned a lot. We've learned that traumas need healed. And they can be. Addictions need to be overcome. And they can be. They deserve our full attention in doing so. Debilitating disorders should be taken seriously and treated. All of this is true about our mental and emotional health. But what we're talking about today now are those aspects of our mental and emotional intellectual health that continually challenge us. Those parts of our personalities that we may just wish were gone. Anyone feel like that? Right? Or those ongoing maladies even, that even while we're treating them, may still always end up a part of our life. So today, we're going to gain some perspective from the Scriptures about the realities of our mental, emotional, even intellectual lives that we may do well to accept 
embracing our perfectly imperfect humanity. So this morning, we're going to see three things. Variety is good. Limitations can be gifts. And suffering is an opportunity for grace. So let's get started. I want to first observe the fact that variety is good. Look around this world God made. It's hard not to think that God seems to like variety, right? Sameness is clearly not His thing. This amazing tapestry that is nature, the glorious mosaic that is humanity, the stunning uniqueness of every human being is mind-bending. And God sees and enjoys it all. Variety is a good thing. And this can be seen and applied then in the realm of our mental and emotional makeup, mine and yours. In in the most recent decades, we've certainly learned so much about how we humans function and are made, and we're continuing to learn about that. The fact that we all have unique personalities, our own combination of characteristics and temperaments, strengths, and weaknesses, that's pretty much come to be widely understood and accepted. And we're coming to appreciate, and there's likely more to discover, the fact that there are many types of intelligence, right? Not just one. A great term, neurodiversity, captures the truth that there are many ways of taking in and processing information, many ways to approach problems and find solutions, many ways to communicate and navigate relationships, and for all of us, much to learn, much to keep, and to let go, and much to accept in ourselves and in others, appreciating the variety that exists within this realm like every other realm. Some of us are introverted, others extroverted. Some take time to deliberate an issue silently, others need to talk it out. Many find themselves in what's come to be called the spectrum, which simply refers to the ways our brains work differently and in different ways, in ways that can be challenging, but also very illuminating. Our understanding of how wide that spectrum is uh, and how many of us may be somewhere on it is a growing field. Of understanding. So all of this speaks to the truth that there is no single right or best personality. It's not yours, okay? Just go ahead and accept that. We're talking about acceptance today. No right or best personality or intelligence type or temperament. Variety. That's what we see. And chances are good, let's face it, that for each of us, there are ways we feel we fall short or things we wish were different about these aspects of us. Our personality, our intellect, style, you name it, all those things. We probably are carrying around some level of measure, and in that measure we see ourselves falling short. We're not accepting the truth that variety is good. We do well to remember that God isn't into sameness, and you were and are His original idea. As an example, consider how the church is described in the scriptures to be like a human body with various and many different parts. And catch what this means to us. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as we see the variety that God seems to love and has even orchestrated within his church, for instance. Paul says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, 
stop being part of the body. In other words, we can't let ourselves think that because we are different, because everyone is, right? We can't let ourselves think that because we're not different or we've got some idea of what the right or best personality type, intellectual style, you name it, is that now we're a misfit or we don't belong. Because we all know, if we stop and think about it, that taken very far, that train of thought leads to disastrous consequences, to self-harm or even trying to end our lives. People can take that train of thought to some very dark in sad places. It should be something that we, then, as people who are adding healthy perspectives to our lives, realize that our difference between ourselves and other people is something to be celebrated and embraced. And not only is it true for ourselves, but then we make it true of others as well, right? We accept and celebrate our uniquenesses, our differences, even if some of them are really challenging. We're different, and that is awesome right? It's awesome. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, Paul says, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? It's obvious questions, but you see his point. He wants us to reject the rigidity that tries to dictate only one or a few right or worthy gifts, personalities, or intelligences. We need all of those ways of looking at the world. We need all of those personalities blended together we can get a lot of things, good things done, and we can learn a lot from each other. You, just as you are, have tremendous contributions to make and lots of good to offer. Now, right now, I'm guessing, because I know myself, you may be like me, something inside you agrees with that, and something inside you says that's true of everyone else but me. So I'm just going to ask you to prayerfully take that moment right there, that, that tension in, in you, and take it to the Lord and try to get His truth on the idea that you really are a unique creation of His and you really do have much to offer just as you are. And all of your personality uh, traits and even quirks and your way of, 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 of understanding the world, your intelligence type, all of those things, begin to accept them as the way God made you and not just fight against them or compare yourself to others and always see yourself as not measuring up. Listen to what he says in verse 18. But if in fact, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. See, none of us is born pristine and perfect without faults or flaws or challenges or difficulties. They're all built in, aren't they? It's part of what it means to be humans in a fallen world. But that's not the only truth on the table. There's another. That truth says God decided that you should exist even with all those perfect imperfections. Even with all those challenges, you, you are here and that means something. It means everything. Psalm 139, we so beautifully read, For you, this is a prayer to God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We just sang about that. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are mediocre. Your works are 
questionable. Your works are, say it with me, wonderful. Are you a work of God? You are. You are wonderful. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So the first truth that we're bumping into here as we think about these issues from a scriptural perspective is variety is good. So we accept that, use that to, as a chance to accept that we are a part of that variety, each and every one of us. It'll help us to stop judging each other and moreover, stop judging ourselves. Amen? Stop trying to be anyone else but yourself. A lot of mental health is drained from us when we can't accept ourselves for who we are and who we're not. Because really only then can we begin to tap into the potential of who we can become. Variety is good, but that's not the only thing we're looking at today. Also, limitations can be gifts. Now, right now, some of you want to stop listening. And I understand. We don't want limits. And we're not going to accept limitations in our lives, right? We want to be unlimited. But remember, Adam and Eve's original sin was defying God's gift of limits. They wanted to be unlimited. And trying to be everything, and certainly trying to be God, is the very definition of insanity and a short path to it. And yet some of us are doing just that at times, trying to be everything, everything to everyone, trying to be unlimited. Pete Scazzaro is a pastor and author. Uh, he writes about embracing the gift of limits in his book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, uh, our, a book that our pastors and elders have all studied and many of us have found super helpful. So he, he refers to some areas in our lives in which we can begin to, if, we, if we'll begin to see them as limits in our lives that are, are not bad, but instead perhaps even put there by God, or at least they're the reality of our lives as God has designed how human life works, then we can begin to accept them and thrive. Our personality and our temperament, like we've talked about earlier, those are limits. They, they set limits for us. Do I get more energy from being with people or from doing tasks? Am I extroverted or introverted? That's going to end up making some guiding decisions in my life or how I act and react. Are you more spontaneous or creative? Are you controlled and orderly? Do you get easily angered or easily saddened or easily distracted? All of these things could be true and they are limits for us. They are things we bump into that begin to define who we are. I am more of one or less and less of another. Our personality is a limit. Our current season of life is also a God-given limit. Do you have young kids, or are you in an empty nest, or are you caring for aging parents? Are you going through a health challenge, or is your spouse or child? These are seasons that end up becoming limits about what we can or cannot do during that particular season of our lives. Are you in school to learn, to prepare for what's next? Are you financially lean at the moment or are you currently flush, married or single, starting a career in the middle of one or ending one? These and many others are examples of seasons we'll find ourselves in that make certain decisions for us because of the season that we're in. We can either kick against that and find ourselves with a lot of anxiety and stress and discontent, or we can begin to understand what are the limits of the current season I'm in and what does that mean for me? 
This is expressed in the ancient wisdom of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, which says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak. Our current season of life, the time that we're in, if we can ask the Lord for some perspective, Lord, what what time am I in in my life can really help us begin to have, understand the gifts that are the limits that we currently are in. Our, ca- our capacities are also a limit. We're born with certain intellectual capacities, physical ones too. At 5'9", I was never going to be in the NBA, right? That's a physical limitation. Not that I could have ever, tried, <laughs> ever made it or tried. As we age, we find our bodies can't do what they used to. When we're young and without much life experience, certain doors may remain closed to us for a time being. If we have a physical or emotional disability or sickness, we may find this keeps us from going down one path that we, uh, and another may be more necessary. We could go on and on, right? These limitations that are in our lives, families of origin, our time on earth, even our location and geography, all of these set certain limits about what will or will not likely be true in our lives, and they're there to teach us something. We either kick against them or we begin to accept these limits in our lives. When we don't respect God's limits in our lives, we will often find ourselves overextended, stressed, and exhausted. But when we come to accept them, then we can learn that they don't only limit us. That's not the only thing they do. It's not that they only dictate what we cannot do, but they also create a framework that frees us to do what we can do and devote our energy to that and remove some of the angst and confusion that can exist in our psyche when we're trying to figure all of that out. Look at the season and the limitation that you might currently be Facing. We'll talk more about this next week when we look at rest, but this is just a quick survey of this important mental health practice. A lot of sanity comes when we realistically assess these limitations in our lives and then right-size our expectations. Now, I'm not talking about settling for something truly dysfunctional. Jesus wants to heal and lead us from that. But we can also do a lot of damage by trying in our own power to exceed a persistent reality in our lives. So limitations can be gifts, and variety is good. But thirdly, let's also explore the idea that suffering brings grace. In his second letter to the Corinthians, uh, in Corinth, Paul describes something that tormented him, something persistent in his life. It was a challenge or an ailment, we're not exactly sure, but it would seem to be something that he uniquely dealt with and that the Lord could heal or deal with in some way. He called it a thorn stuck in his flesh. And he says in verse 8, 
Three times, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away, he wrote. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So whatever it was, it was in Paul's way. And God's answer was not to take it out of Paul's way, but to leave it as an opportunity for Paul to lean on God. Now we have our own versions of this. Ours or a loved one's emotional and intellectual or intellectual challenges, health concerns or diagnoses, depression, anxiety, disability. The list is endless, but chances are good. Somewhere in our life, we all have something we wish were different. And we take it to the Lord. And so far, at least, he may not have removed it. And it may be. And all we can do is learn from Paul's experience. We're not trying to take Paul's experience and turn it into a universal experience. But there is a universal truth here that we can apply to all of our experiences. And that is the way God handled Paul's request. Like Paul, we can and should pray for healing or relief. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, Paul did it, and we absolutely should do that. Bring our concerns to the Lord. But what we're also seeing here is this idea of staying open to a place of acceptance that says, no matter what, God, I belong to you. I trust you. I lean on you. And what we learn in Paul's particular experience is that God absolutely chose to leave and not take away this thing that was burdening or tormenting Paul. To use it instead as an opportunity for, to Paul, for Paul to not lean on his own strength, but on the strength that God provides. All this led uh, Paul to conclude, when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, fr friends, outside of Jesus, that makes no sense whatsoever. But with him, it makes perfect sense. Because we begin to realize that my strength, leaning on my own strength, trying to figure things out under my own wits, only gets me so far and it's not far at all. But leaning on Christ and beginning to let his power move through me. And in fact, when something is tormenting, burdening, uh, challenging me in a way that causes me to keep having to turn to Christ for his power, that bad thing becomes a not so bad thing. At least it becomes a useful thing. Because I lean on Jesus more. So Paul's talking about a point of surrender, not to dysfunction or disorder, but to walking with God in his power during whatever life holds. That true strength comes from the one we depend on. If it's me, it's not much strength at all, but if I'm depending on him, I get to tap into some true strength. Now, we're not saying that suffering is good in itself. It's not. Suffering is not good in itself. It is born of tragedy or abuse oftentimes. Even more often, it's born of our fragile and fallen humanity, which we all inherit. So we comfort and support each other in such suffering. And when the suffering is a result of our own immaturity or dysfunction, we seek to grow and heal and learn our way out of that in that same power from God. But suffering in one form or another is unavoidable. So when we can accept that, then we leverage it as an opportunity for grace and the strength that comes with it. Variety is a good thing. Limitations can be gifts. And yes, suffering, it will happen, and it can be an opportunity for grace. So much of what we've covered briefly here is tackled deeply every Monday night 
at Celebrate Recovery. CR, as we call it, is for all of us as we struggle with life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And I'd like to end this morning's message by inviting you to join me in praying aloud, if you'd like, this prayer. It's one that's prayed at every one of those Monday night CR meetings, and it captures perfectly the acceptance, the surrender, and the wisdom that we've been discovering. So, if you would, join me, and let's pray these words. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Thanks for praying with me that beautiful prayer. We're about to have the chance to sing a beautiful prayer in song here as we wrap up this morning. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. I hope you'll take the words that we're going to have the chance to sing here and really make them something, if you're familiar with them, belt them out. If, they're, if, you're not, if you don't feel like you're much of a singer and you just want to listen, that's fine too. I'm not much of a singer. I sing anyway. So you do whatever you want. But but I love singing out a prayer. This is very much akin to what we'll be doing at the prayer service at, mo- at certain moments uh, in a month. And, and so as we stand and get the chance to sing this beautiful song, melt me, God. Take all my hardness, all my toughness, all the things in my life where I, I've decided it's my will instead of your will. Take that and melt it. Mold me, Lord. Shape me into the person you want me to be. Fill me with your spirit. That's a promise from the Lord, and use me. Let these words be a beautiful prayer that you can meditate on and sing out and make true in your life as our wonderful worship team is going to lead us in this. Thanks.